the Protectors of the Wood podcast. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. Remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis. Episode number 66. We're not for sale as of today. We're living, living. The sound of the band tuning up attracted the excited crowd to the back door. People pushed to get in line, had their tickets ready for Phoebe, and streamed into the coffee shop. Windeman arrived to speak to Terence, and they stepped aside for a conference of the lawyers. It was all Phoebe could do to check the tickets and let people in one at a time. The line stalled whenever she had to turn ticketless people away. It was stressful to hold them back. Suddenly, Nico appeared next to her. Here comes the kid! Phoebe looked down at him. Remember what I said? He's coming! Phoebe looked up, checked two tickets, and let the people pass. The next boy struggled to find his ticket, turning out his pockets. Phoebe saw someone approach from off the line and try to slip by on her right. She threw out her arm and caught him around the waist. In the jarring collision, she heard the muffled clink of glass. Hey, get in line! Where's your ticket? I lost it. So what's your name? I got the list here. The boy had straight black hair and a baby face, partly hidden by a baseball cap. He seemed like a 13 or 14 year old, maybe 15 at the most. He wore an olive green army jacket with pockets, way too big for the skinny boy. Phoebe was thinking. Look at the pain in his eyes. Uh, I just want to talk to my friend. If I don't, I'll get in trouble. I won't be two minutes. Sorry, can't let you. The boy glared in frustration and took one step away and suddenly turned and darted back under Phoebe's arm. She grabbed his jacket as he went by. As he dragged her forward, she grabbed him with her other hand around the knee and he went down. As they scrambled up, a small empty bottle of vodka fell out of one of his pockets. Phoebe pulled him up close. I'd like to know who gave you that. 
N Y. In a panic, he looked wildly at the crowd around him and swung at Phoebe, hitting her hard, knuckles on the cheekbone, and flew off like a streak into the darkness. She staggered. The crowd swarmed around her. Oh my God! Wow, what's going oh, on? Is she okay? Are you okay? There goes that kid. He went that way. All right, everyone, just back up. Don't worry, Phoebe. I've got the door. Abby, take care of her. Eddie, get Sammy with the first aid kit. Phoebe felt Abby hold her around the waist and walk her into the women's room. A woman backed away from the sink. Phoebe looked in the mirror and saw the red welt on her cheek. The skin was split on the cheekbone, and blood was trickling down her face. She washed and stopped the bleeding. Abby's face was next to her, and their eyes locked in the mirror. The intensity of that look was overwhelming. They're gonna pay for this, and you're gonna help me. Over the next fifteen minutes, Phoebe was given a place of honor in an easy chair near the band, and all the attention she could handle. Sammy appeared with the first aid kit and applied ointment, closed the cut with butterfly strips and a bandage, and told her to go to the hospital for stitches. No. I'm staying. If you need stitches, I'm calling nine one one. Just watch me. I'm already here. I'll drive her to the hospital after I get a statement. Tell the band to start the concert. Stephanie, tell them to play. Penny rushed in, gave her a kiss on the forehead, and backed away. Terence and Windeman showered her with apologies for leaving her alone. Ah,、oh, Phoebe, you're hurt. Just go get some stitches and take tomorrow off. No. Out of the corner of her eye, Phoebe noticed Jerome Peabody leaning against a wall in the shadow. He stared at her with a look of panic. A desperate man caught in a trap. He tore his eyes away and disappeared in the milling crowd. A rumor spread that the concert would be canceled, but Stephanie announced the band, and after a brief tune-up, they began to play. Phoebe requested a talk with Chief Santiago outside. The chief steered her through the crowd, took names of witnesses to the fight, and pocketed the pint of vodka. Out on the lawn in the dark, they set up two folding chairs. They sat in silence for a few minutes, 
As Phoebe tried to calm her flood of thoughts and feelings. So, this is pleasant. A little cooler out here. I'm glad we've got a free moment. There's an awful lot to say. Nico and Gio suddenly appeared next to them, as if they had sprouted from the grass. In the shadowy darkness, they resembled elves. Ready to report! Nico stood up straight and saluted. The chief was startled. What the? Maybe, maybe she's, maybe she's busy. Not too busy for what we got. Nico and Gio, meet Daniel Santiago, Middletown's chief of police, known as Chief for short. Hi, Chief. We met before, but no need to go into that. Nico turned to Phoebe. We've got business. Should we report here? Yes. Give us all the details. Phoebe turned to the chief and whispered. They're scouts. The best. Nico paused to get the full attention of his audience. Well, we were watching the Watchers. Keeping track of all of them. When we noticed the tall new Watcher move over to the white van and look through the fence. The Watchers? The men watching the coffee shop. They've been there since light. Five of them, six now. They moved back when you came out. But some of them are still there. I see. Very interesting. We kept an eye on them. The tall, thin one who gave the kid the bag. After the kid punched you, the tall man started cursing and then knocked on the window of the van. Nico tossed his head to indicate the van past the hole in the fence. A guy in a uniform stepped out into the street and they started talking. Uh, what kind of uniform? Like brownish gray with stiff hats. Like park police, but a light color. Hmm, I see. Go on. They, they started arguing. Go on. What did they say? The tall guy wanted them to stop the concert, empty the place, and search for something. He was like this. Nico stood up tall and lowered his voice. I told the governor I want action. Do you hear me, Boward? Action! There's crimes being committed here. Crimes! And what are you doing, Boward? Nothing. I, I'll have a word with the governor. The chief and Phoebe looked at each other and both mouthed the word Morphe. So, the other guy stands there, nice and cool, and says, Let's Captain Bowers to you. And I have my orders. 
My boss will want to know about the assault that happened tonight. Whoa! So the tour guy says, I know what your orders are. Follow them all. Or I'll have you fired. Did you hear me? Fired! Then, the policeman said, I'll close in as people leave and search the place afterwards. You'll find the girl. We got the place surrounded. They paused for a moment and heard the end of the song and cheers and applause. Then a roll of thunder tolled in the distance and the band tore into another song. So, what do we do now, Chief? You boys deserve a medal. But that will have to wait. Right now, we've got to use our advantages. We have two lawyers at the back door, and I'm going to tell them what to expect. I'm sure Van of those state police are in front as well. I'm going to get that Evansville reporter on the scene. I don't know what this business with the girl is about, but I'll see that a lawyer stands with any girl those intruders say a word to, both in front and in back. Those lawyers will cover this area until it's all over, if I have to pay them myself. Now, let's get moving. The chief stood up and shook hands with the boys. You two boys, watch the concert now. Let me handle this. You've been a big help. I'll remember you and find a proper way to thank you. He gave the boys a little bow of respect and accompanied Phoebe to the back door. Well, you saved my skin. That incident ties their hands. Now I'm doing my proper job, and they can't do anything about it. Public opinion will be on our side. I can't wait to tell Wilcox. I wish the mayor were here. It's too controversial. And by the way, this conversation never happened. Let's go. We've got things to do. Phoebe took a moment to lean against the back of the coffee shop and ponder the situation. It seemed that most everything was now taken care of by a pretty strong group. The Chief, Sammy, Terrence, Windeman, Luis, Gilligan, Stephanie's reporter uncle. They were all on the case. She, Phoebe, could relax. But her thoughts drifted back to Abby's fierce look in the bathroom mirror. What was it Abby said? They're going to pay for this? And you're going to help me? Hmm. That's my job now. But what does Abby have in mind? Phoebe leaned against the wall and let the time go by. Her head swam. The wound had begun to throb. I should have been icing it, but it doesn't matter. Whatever Abby has planned, I'll be with her. That's my commitment, my fate, and I'm on the way, come what may. 
everything is at stake, and I'll have my chance to be someone and make a difference. This is your time, the green man said. Something attracted her attention. She noticed that the music had stopped, and wondered if the concert was over. Yes, there in the shadows, those are men, moving. Three, four, five men in those gray-looking uniforms, and a semicircle. The music, it started again. I know that tune. It's Jeremy singing. The cowbell, the anthem. They closed last concert with this song.
Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, protectorsofthewood.com. And to all those eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts.